like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and Jessica Durrell. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host... Hello and happy Tuesday. Tuesday, as you know, is my favorite day because we get to make shift happen right here. And um, one of the things, this is Karin Wary, by the way. I am your host today and I am flying solo. So it's just me, myself and I and all of you guys. And you will want to definitely put your seatbelt on because we are going to take a ride down some pretty, pretty, Serious information uh, because today's topic is about parental alienation. And this is something that I am coming across seemingly more and more. I don't know if that necessarily means that it's happening more. We know how that goes that uh, when we start to pay attention to something, we see it more and more. It's, it's a whole reticular activating system. Uh, syndrome that happens when just like when you go to buy a car and you know you want a Toyota Corolla or whatever all of a sudden you see all the Toyota Corollas that are out there that you didn't see before but um, here's the thing is that every single action that we do has a ripple effect and how we behave when we are hurt has a lot to do with whether or not we have healed previous hearts as well because what happens is that everyone starts to pile on top of the other ones so when we have things that have happened in our childhood that hasn't been healed we haven't worked on it it's still there as a trigger and then we move into adulthood and then we have more life events that happen and let's just face it when we come to a place of uh, divorce, which is usually where parental alienation happens. It doesn't always happen after divorce. It many times starts to happen before the divorce because there's tension between the two people in the relationship. And m- many times people start to involve their kids in this uh, combative, uh, resentful painful relationship between the two parents and basically as human beings we have two drives we have a drive to move away from pain and another drive that we uh, move towards pleasure now our urge to move away from pain is way stronger than moving towards pleasure and when I was talking before about how we create a ripple effect with every single one of our behaviors, every single one of our choices is that then how we behave in our relationship, especially when we come to challenging times and they get so challenging that we decide to move towards um, divorce and beyond, then what, how you handle that, especially when you have kids, is going to have a ripple effect 
in you know generations into the future because your kids are seeing your behavior both both of the parents behavior and how you're interacting with the kids also and guess what they are always the ones who are stuck in the middle and they love both of you when we uh so what's happening is when the person who's doing the alienating of the other parent now first of all let's go ahead and figure out what exactly parental alienation is it was actually a, a syndrome that a term that was coined in the 1980s by child psychiatrist dr richard gardner and it basically occurs when one parent attempts to turn the children amongst them against the other parent. Uh, generally, the parent is being angry at the spouse or the ex-spouse over something that's happened, and they are working on, um, you know, planting this estrangement, and they're painting a negative picture of the other parent. Uh, they may say depreciating things, blame the other parent. They may make up lies about the other parent, um, maybe make them, make the kids feel as though the other parent is not safe or unstable, um, maybe um, yeah. uh, some of the things that I hear is like, for example, if when one parent, the par- parent who's being alienated is uh, attempting to have time with the other, uh, with the kids, that the alienating parent starts to act very irritated and and, uh, uh, might be saying things to the kid or maybe after the kid comes back from uh, visiting or talking with the the parent who's being alienated, they may be curt with the child or make snide remarks and that kind of thing. And, And guess what that does for the child? The child just had a conversation and just spent uh, some time with their other parent, their biological parent that they love. And now they're being guilted and, and, uh, you know, just kind of denigrated for spending that time. Imagine what kind of stress this child is under. It's extremely difficult and, and, one of the things that also uh, where we've gotten to is that uh, parental alienation has gotten to the point where it is considered child abuse, which is quite severe when you think about it. Um, and, but it's true. <laughs> it, uh, we know that uh, the verbal and emotional abuse, it's just like in a domestic violence uh, relationship. The people who've been through both the physical abuse and the verbal and emotional abuse will usually say that the verbal emotional abuse is worse than the physical. And uh, because it's just, and for the kids hearing this onslaught about the other parent is like, you're just verbally beating up the other parent. It's just not physical. And uh, think of it also that this way that your child is a part of both of you. So when you're criticizing the other parent, you're criticizing a part of your child. So, which is, of course, upsetting and very painful. And what are the associations also? (laughs) Think about this, that this parental alienation, the person who's doing the alienating, it oftentimes ends up backfiring 
when the kids, they grow up and they maybe develop, a, if they're fortunate enough and they to develop a relationship with their parent as adults and then find out, you know, mom or dad, whoever it is that was alienated is nothing like what the person who was alienating uh, the other at all. They're actually really cool people and they're really nice and this, that, and the other. And, and guess what happens when you get to that point? Now, this child that you may have managed to talk into and manipulate to be on your side, now they hate you because of all the time and energy that you put into um, spewing hate and negative things on the other parent. So these kinds of behaviors, like I said, they oftentimes backfire. So it, and so who is it that does the parental alienation? It is the, like well, we were talking about before, usually um, they are extremely angry and they are hurt and they may even be jealous, especially if the other parent is now in a new relationship and they themselves can be in new relationships. And imagine what it must be like for the person that uh, is doing the alienation uh, is in a relationship with and they're spending that much time and energy on being so upset and thinking of new ways of being, you know, just so upset that when somebody is so much at the forefront of your mind that you are taking so much time and energy to talk about the person, to badmouth the person, to think of lies and, and ways to make sure that you don't allow the other parent to see the kids. Think about what that is going to do to your new relationship. You've taken a lot of energy um, from that person and directing it in such a negative way at at the the parent of your child and children. So, um, so this is something that co- continues to carry forward, both in new relationships, because at some point or another, you may uh, start to have problems in this relationship, the new relationship, if you haven't done your own work, and. This is where I was talking about in the beginning that we will run away from pain much quicker than we will run towards pleasure. And when, so when we are talking about pain in this place here, such as with the person who's being, who is uh, alienating the kids against the other parent, that is not coming from a place of peace and calm and joy, right? Because when you're in those states, the last thing you want to do is to do something, is to talk, spend neg- energy on being negative. You, you really, that just brings you down, even, you know, and so when you're already up in a, in a good place, feeling joy and gratitude and, and peace and calm, and then those are not states that you're focusing on negative things, which is something that we're going to get to in a little bit. Now, when people are in pain, because most of us, we have not really learned how to navigate emotions and feelings and relationships. We have seen, we have learned from what we have seen our parents do and our people in our family and people around us. That's mostly how we have learned to navigate relationships, which 
uh, is a good reason why so many relationships um, have a difficult time. Um, and when we don't take the time out to then learn, take a look, we have to take our, our eyesight and turn inwards towards ourself. What is going on inside of me that every time I hear my ex's name or, you know, think of them or I look at the kids and the kids look just like him or her and that just aggravates me. Well, what is it that's really going on? And, and because having a breakup is obviously very painful. Uh, we can also make it more painful than necessary. <laughs> Everything uh, has has an end, you know, everything is temporary. Not that a marriage necessarily has to be, has to have an end that comes with divorce as opposed to death. (laughs) But there are different phases that we go through, different life events that shape us. And we, uh, in our culture, like I was saying, we have not really learned how to navigate these things. So well. What we see is usually, okay, if you're upset, what do you do? You will um, might go get for some alcohol. You might go sit in front of the TV and, and you know, just kind of zone out in front of 50 episodes of whatever TV show you're watching. You might uh, g- keep yourself super, super busy so you never have a moment to sit down and contemplate. I know a lot of people uh, who will say that, oh, yeah, they, they, don't, they can't sit still or they can't sleep because they can't turn their brain off. Well, that is what happens when we never take the time to resolve anything in ourselves. We just load it up and load it up and load up another load on top of the overloaded <laughs> truck that we're, carrying, we're driving around. And that's a recipe for disaster. When... We can't sit down and just, you know, be still and look inward and look at, okay, let me take some time to reflect. What are the things that are triggering me and what is causing that? And what is my reaction? Many times we'll react, we'll immediately jump into getting angry, feeling hurt, being, um, you know, lashing out at, at other people and then start on this one track mind of oh they're they're this evil person they're such a bad person and they're such a bad father because of x y and z and look at what they did to me back then and 10 years ago this happened and you know they never did this and they never did that and and you you recognize it cuz we've all been there <laughs> where we get stuck on this one track mind on thinking of all the negative things and guess what happens the more we think about it the worse we're going to feel we're stirring up all those emotions and we're reinforcing it even more so that's where when you if you're unconscious about it you just continue on that path and it just keeps going and going going and people think that they don't have any control over it I'm not saying that it's easy, but we do have control. It's it's a challenge to have enough awareness and wherewithal to put a hold to it and just take a breather and let's shift gears. Um, but 
when we do that, when we start to practice those skills and those tools, life over time becomes so much different because now instead of being the slave to whatever emotion is being triggered in that moment and just letting it wash you off down <laughs> to wherever that that current is going, instead you become more empowered because you begin to notice when it's coming on, you begin to put a hold on it, you begin to zoom out from these, this close-up look that you have that's keeping you in that space, and you begin to assess and take a look at yourself like as though you're coming from the outside. And let me, let me just check this out. You're basically bringing your adult self back on board. And that is definitely a good thing to do because now you get to respond in a different way that you feel much better about. Trust me. Now, we are going to be rolling into some uh, messages. And when we come back, we will be talking more about parental alienation. What we're going to be really talking about is the specific effects on each party of from the children to the alienating parent to the alienated parent. When we come back right after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shift Happens. Because every Tuesday, we are making Shift Happen here in the world and uh, creating a ripple effect. And my vision is always to hopefully inspire you or somebody you know, uh, maybe inspire you to share with someone that you know uh, some the, what that is that the topic that we're talking about and share it with them because there could be some information that could help them get through a challenging situation or maybe get them bumped up the next level in life. And that's what this is all about. Let's move the spirit and the energy upwards so that we all are moving and shifting to bigger and better things. And what better topic to talk about this than parental alienation? By the way, I'm Karen Weary, and I am the licensed marriage and family therapist. So incidentally, I do come across these things when I work with people and not just and when I'm with people that I'm working with, but also in my private life, I come across people who are truly suffering from this torture. It is truly mental torture, parental alienation. And it it upsets me so much when I see and hear about parents who are good people. Okay, so maybe you weren't good with this other person that you happen to have children with. Maybe you were really good for a while and something happened and it's you're just not good together anymore. However, you have created children together. And what is the most important thing is, you know, I, I can speak for myself because I am also divorced with a child. So I have gone through this myself. Fortunately, we did not have any of this stuff going on at all. So it is possible to go through a divorce as painful as it is and make it as little painful as possible and easy. Make that transition easier, um, including for your child. And when you really start to focus on what is it that's really important, we're the adults. So let's, as much as possible, act like adults and be civil and kind. We don't have to love each other anymore, but we love this child who is between us. And this child loves both of us. And so it is entirely possible to get through a divorce and be friendly and amicable. And it takes being, being, putting your 
big girl panties and your big boy panties on and and suck it up. Do your work. Now, how much is this going on, this parental alienation? Well, in an article from November 27, 2018, the Colorado State University uh, social psychologist Jennifer Harmon, she was estimating about 22 million American parents have been victims of behaviors that led to something called parental alienation. And here's an example, a scene um, from it's a bit of divorce and a custody battle over the ch- the couple's seven-year-old son. Um, the um, the mother was awarded full custody, perhaps seeking revenge. That's uh, and she sets out to destroy the son's relationship with his father. The mother tells the son lies about the father's behavior plants seeds of doubt about his fitness as a parent and sabotages the father's effort to see his son. The son begins to believe the lies. As he grows up, his relationship with his father becomes strained. And here's the thing is that, um, you know, they've gotten to the point where they, here's Harmon and the co-authors, Edward Crook of University of British Columbia and Denise Hines-Clark, of Clark University, they categorize parental alienation as an outcome of aggressive behaviors directed toward another individual with the intent to cause harm, and that they draw direct, direct lines between the widely recognized patterns of abuse like emotional or psychological aggression and the behavior of alienating parents. This is, you know, uh, psychological ag- ag- aggressive behavior. And they use the example of psychological aggression is common, a common form of child maltreatment that involves attacking a child's emotional and social well-being. In a similar manner, alienating parents terrorize their children by targeting the other parent, purposely creating fear that the other parent might be dangerous or unstable when no evidence of such danger exists. Alienating parents will further reject shame, or guilt trip their children for showing loyalty or warmth toward the other parent. Now, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about a parent who is uh, physically, emotionally, um, or, you know, neglecting their children, you know, so this is not what we're talking about. Obviously, as a, as a parent who is looking out for your child's best well-being, you're going to do whatever you can to ensure that your child isn't with someone who is neglecting them and doing all those things. So I'm not talking about, and uh, when we're talking about alien parents who are being alienated, it's not someone who's actually a bad parent. It's just that the person who is alienating is creating lies and, and making up stories and, um, you know, creating a really negative environment. And um, so if you happen to be uh, working with kids who are being alienated, what are some of the things to look for? It could be that you're a teacher, it could be your, your therapist, could be your social worker or some other person who happens to work with kids. And this comes from um, Dr. Brene, uh, who, uh, let's see, he is Dr. William Bernay. He's president of the Parent Parental Alienation Study Group and professor of psychiatry at Vanderbilt University. So he um, 
came up with um, this piece that helps people figure out or get an idea of if this child, there's parental alienation going on. So denigration. So the campaign of denigration is when a child is repeatedly complains about the parent over and over again. So um, so there's an example here where he talks about the first thing that the child coming into his office is, let me tell you something about my father that he did wrong. And um, many times these complaints, they come without any justification and the complaints, they're kind of frivolous. It's like, oh, my dad, he shaved. You know, what, what kind of nerve was that? <laughs> and it's, seems becomes apparent over time that this is something that's probably been planted. Uh, A frivolous rationalization of the complaint. So that's the second symptom, that the child gives some silly reason for not wanting to ever see the targeted parent again. And um, so, like, again, oh, well, he shaves or... (laughs) um, you know, he works on Saturdays or whatever the thing. So uh, there is also a, the third symptom is that there's a lack of ambivalence. As in, they are always siding with, let's just say if it's the mom that's alienating, they're always siding with mom and never, ever, ever with the, with the dad. And there is zero, oh yeah, well, he's right about this and she's wrong about that and vice versa. Because normally, you'll see that there's, you know, sometimes mom does something wrong and sometimes dad does something wrong and vice versa. Um, the fourth is uh, in, that they're an independent thinker phenomenon. So uh, that sounds like that would be a good thing. But in this case, what it what they're talking about is that there's some children who come in and they spontaneously say, hey, these are my dears about my dad or my mom. I thought of this all by myself. Nobody influenced me. Nope, my mom didn't tell me what to say, but this is what I think about my father. And this is, you can hear, this is usually a younger child, right? So they will usually say things because they don't have enough brain development to be able to cloak it like we can when we're adults. <laughs> and um, which is, again, another scary part. This is the kind of, of thinking and behavior that's being planted during formative years. Now, another one is automatic support. So it's just immediate that they're always choosing the one side in a given disagreement. So, uh, yeah, we're always siding with dad, no matter what mom says. And, um, you know, so that's another one. Then there is absence of guilt that they may say something disrespectful and show disregard for the other parents' feelings and emotions. And, you know, it really doesn't bother them at all, no matter what kind of horrible thing uh, one says about the other. And number seven is borrowed scenarios. And that means that um, if they're doing an evaluation that you might uh, interview the preferred parent and then they might tell something that has happened with the targeted parent. And then later when they interview the child, the child gives the exact same story and uh, many times they'll use the um, same identical words as the parent. So this is when there is an evaluation going on with with the divorce and who's going to have what with the kid. Many times experts will come in, so there'll be a custody, child custody evaluator, and 
therapists, you know, psychologists that come in and, and they do special evaluations. And um, so <laughs> they'll hear. So is it like it's a rehearsed story that's been repeated over and over and over again? And then the last one is the spread of animosity. Now, so say, for example, the dad is the targeted parent. The child's hate spreads from the father to his family members. So uh, it could be, you know, with aunts and uncles and cousins. And sometimes it even, you know, they, they suddenly they don't want to hate them. They never want to see them again. And, and so those are the eight things to look at. Uh, when it comes to behaviors and, and things that kids will say who are being alienated in the, in the middle of this parental alienation. So what are some of the effects on children who are in the middle of all of this? They, uh, when, if they grow up and then they find out, like in the scenario I used before, where they find out they give the other parent, the parent who was targeted, a chance. And they maybe reach out or the targeted parent maybe reaches out because now they're older and let's see if, you know, we can reestablish a relationship. And if the child gets to the place where I've spoken with some people where the one child, there were two kids and the one child was like, oh, absolutely no way because it was that was the daughter and the daughter had been taught that men are just evil and bad, and that includes you, dad. So uh, she at first did not want to have anything to do with her dad. And the brother, though, gave dad a chance. And, and uh, you know, once um, he met him and then the, uh, the daughter's husband had a chance to meet the dad and uh, kind of liked him. So between the brother and the, the husband, we're able to get the daughter to talk talked into giving him a chance to just meet him and see what you think and and now they're beginning to develop a relationship and guess what has happened that now suddenly they do not like their mother at all uh, because they now in a short period of time gotten to know what their dad is really like from their adult perspective and you know what you're doing is Time is really everything. We, we, at this point in time, we don't know how to um, turn time back, most of us anyway. I, I haven't gotten tapped into that skill yet. I'm looking for it. So if anybody knows, <laughs> please write in and let me know because I would love to have more time. And um, so what you're doing is you're robbing your kids of the most precious commodity that there is. And, and and here's here's where I'm coming from also. Personally, if you've ever heard me talk, I probably have here on the show said that I lost my dad when I was five years old. He died, he wasn't divorced, there was no parental alienation, but I lost him when he was when I was five. And that early loss led me to learn how precious life is and how precious time is. And how precious that time is with your parent because we don't know how long any of us are here. And, you know, I missed out on a lot of things with my dad and I adored him. And I would have loved to have had time with him. Now, we have 
all of these probably millions of parents out there who are good people, want to be involved in their kids' lives and be part of this beautiful ripple effect of raising kids. The hardest and most difficult thing you will ever do, but the most rewarding as well when you have an opportunity to go in there and do what needs to be done. And if you're stealing that time, you only had that time once with your kids. They grow up, you have 18 years, and then they're adults, and that time is over. And it's precious, precious time. Let me tell you what, those first years set the course for the rest of their life. And it is a golden opportunity to feed these kids with the best of the best of the best with love and graciousness and gratitude and, and awe and you know, just learning how to collaborate and be more or shutting them down with, oh, men are no good, women are no good, um, you know, lots of lies and conflict and drama and you are so handicapping your children when you do that. Now, we are not completely done today yet on this topic, but we are going to roll into a few messages. So you will want to come back because we are going to talk a little bit more about how do we move from this space and into a place of health. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning back into Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary, and I am here today talking about parental alienation. And yes, that is a phenomena that is happening way too often. And it is, uh, if you haven't um, tuned in until now, uh, what we know now is that uh, parental alienation is classified as child abuse. It is severe and it is it causes long-term negative effects in your children. And sure, yeah, yeah, I know you're going to be happy to hear that the person who's being alienated is also not in a good place. However, <laughs> um, I know that is the intent. However, the person who's doing the alienating is also hurting and continuing to fuel that pain by continuing to focusing to focus on it so what are some of the effects on on the child who's been exposed to this parental alienation they tend to have low levels of self-esteem they have insecure attachment and this uh, kind of thing attachment is something that is imperative to get right in the early ages, toddler ages, uh, babyhood, because that is one of the foundational parts of our development, growing from child into adulthood, because uh, this is where we gain uh, and feel a sense of whether or not the world is safe or if it isn't. And the reason why we really want to have our child feel as though the world is a safe place even though sometimes bad things happen, because when we walk into the world with the foundational piece that the world is a safe place, we are more open, we're more loving, we're more compassionate, we are able to think creatively because our executive part of our brain has not left us, which is exactly what happens when we feel as though we are in danger. Our, our executive brain just goes out the window. We do not need that piece of our brain when we have to fight for our life, which is what happens when uh, we start our life with uh, not feeling safe. They, they, kids, they will may go ahead and move into um, having substance abuse disorders, feeling guilt, feeling anxiety, depression, develop fears and phobias, um, and learn not to trust others, including themselves. And they, uh, it basically can become really serious with the forms of um, how, how the, they see the world, really, that uh, relationships are not safe. And um, that is so not true. It, it all depends on who you are and who you start to have a relationship with. Um, and 
Here's another piece that I found of working also when I was working with domestic violence that I found. Um, I think I just said that three times, didn't I? <laughs> but I, what, uh, I heard a lot of people say that, well, we just argue at nighttime. And uh, as though because the kids were supposedly put into bed, that they weren't hearing anything. Well, if you've ever been in a house, you can usually hear somebody when they come in and out of a room. You can sometimes hear when, they, when they're snoring. You hear them when they go to the bathroom. So if that is the case, how can you possibly think that your child is not hearing you when you're having an argument? Probably they're not sleeping and if this happens on a regular basis, your kids are probably having a hard time falling asleep because they are anxious, worried about um, worried about when is the next argument going to happen and what is going to happen with mom, what's going to happen with dad. And uh, guess what? This was another scenario that I just heard from, from a, a client is that they, because the parents, they were always arguing at night and he couldn't sleep. So one time, uh, one consequence that had, and this was just one little consequence that was big for him, but out of his entire childhood, where he was so tired and he, because he hadn't slept in, in days, probably weeks, because the parents, they were always arguing at night. Then he made it through the, the next day at school until the very end of the day until some kid stepped in front of him. So he blurted something out to the kid that a teacher overheard. He got in trouble and got suspended, I think. And he missed out on the eighth grade prom that apparently he really wanted to go to. So all of that, um, because the parents didn't have enough wherewithal to simmer down and let's not fight and argue all night long and keep the whole entire household awake. So, um, and another thing is when your kids, they're sitting there, maybe they're little, they're young, and you're having a disagreement or an argument and the child doesn't turn around, they continue to play their thing. A lot of parents think that also, well, they didn't pay attention. They were, they were doing their own thing. Just because they don't turn around and look at you and come over and start to engage doesn't mean that they're not hearing. They're hearing everything and they're picking up on the tension in the air and they probably have a lot of anxiety going on inside of them. It's just you cannot see it. But if you were to attach some heart rate variance and blood pressure and respiration monitors on there, some biofeedback, you would, I bet you, see that their little hearts and their little respiration was showing all kinds of graphs of stress. These, what's going on the inside, you're not always privy to see on the outside unless you're very aware. And besides, when couples are in that space, they're angry, they're um, hurt, they're feeling vulnerable and all that. Basically, we get to where we can't see beyond our own nose. It's all right here and anything that does, that's outside of me, I do not have the wherewithal to see or get. However, if you were to have a little bit of awareness, then you would see you could probably see in your child's face if they turned around, if you t went over and you took a peek at their face, you might see, you know, maybe uh, this stare or maybe a look of sadness or, you know, maybe they're, they're a little bit more kind of on guard because of this 
uh, interaction that's going on between you and your spouse, ex, whoever it is that you're with. So, um, so these are some of the effects that happen, and many of them, um, parents aren't completely aware that they're happening right here now. Now, the same things that happen to the kids is what often many times happen to the adults, both the targeted, because they feel, um, they can start to feel a little paranoid. I am, you know, have heard of and read of and worked with people who were uh, false accusations were were um, reported and you know with uh, horrible things you know and and the person could have gone to jail if that had been found true you know like sexual allegations and and horrible things like that and it when that hasn't happened Imagine how horrifying that would be to possibly to go to court. When you go to court, uh, everything's out of your hand. Everything is in the hands of the judge and the attorneys. And so that's what's so scary about that. Plus, again, your kids know that this is going on. So do you, how do you think that you would feel about one of your parents being, possibly having to go to jail, possibly for a long time? for things that they haven't done. And so the anxiety, uh, maybe some paranoia, depression, uh, what do people do when they have those things going on? They may be start to drinking, they may start to self-medicate in one way, shape or another. And um, moving into new relationships, then that is something that may cause a lot of problems in new relationships because okay how how can you trust men anymore how can you trust women anymore because this has happened in the past and how we um, see the future is based on how our past has been because our brain is always again trying to protect us so (laughs) our brain uh, wants to make sure that this bad thing that happened in the past is not going to happen again and it's not the more intelligent part of our brain that is involved in that decision usually unless we're able to catch ourselves and say hey wait a minute i recognize that this is a new person they haven't shown me any evidence that they're evil manipulative uh conniving or any of those things uh so maybe i just need to you know take a breather and and you know think uh think of the best that probably that they have my best interest in mind and um, you know, with things that are triggering you. Yeah, obviously are not if you're starting to see evidence that they are lying and manipulating. So, um, so and again, the person who's alienating, they are spending a lot of time not really being present with the children because... If Again, if you're so focused on thinking about the other person and what a bad, horrible person they are and thinking about uh, how to talk bad about them, you're not, you're thinking about the ex. You're not there with your kids and being present in this very moment and spending time with them. And your kids can feel that. You can be in the same room and be lonely 
I mean, a lot of people are doing that and feeling that way, especially even in relationships because of our phones and all of our devices. Uh, so many people, they're on their phones while they're, they have the TV on and, you know, the kids might be there and the spouse might be there. And really, you're not anywhere near there because you're deep in your phone, you're deep in the TV and you are nowhere here with the people that you are surrounded by and you supposedly love. So we are getting ready to wrap up this episode. What I'm going to encourage you to do is if you find yourself starting to say things that are bad about your your ex um, to your children, or you, you feel like you're getting ready to make plans during their time without consulting with them first, um, you know, pause and take take a look at what is it that's going on what is it that i'm feeling where in my body do i feel where did this come from and what is truly in the best interest of my child if there's a lot of yuck that's coming up i would highly highly recommend really going and seeing a therapist and resolving this because you are going to feel so much better when you get this resolved when i work with people generally three to six sessions and we have gotten through the biggest yuck that you have, and the whole world looks different from that place. If you want to uh, check me out, look me up, uh, you can go to www.insightscounselingcenter.com, and um, you can connect with me from there. Also, we love, 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 love to have your feedback, your ideas, uh, maybe your own experience if you want to share that on our Shift Happens Facebook page um, because I know this is a very common thing. Maybe what are some of your experiences? How did you get through this? Um, what were some of your ways out? How did you soothe and heal yourself and how did you reconnect with your kids afterwards i would love to hear about that and um, if you would like we could definitely share some of those stories on the next episode now um so with that i want to um also remind you that I am getting ready to put out a marriage rejuvenation um, course that is online and self-guided that is also available there. So with this, I want to go ahead and encourage you to share this episode and so we can pass on the message of healing and health because once you do that, you can truly be your significant, unique self that we need in the world. So go out there and shine your beautiful light. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and Jessica Durrell for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.